What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and of course, you can always download the latest episodes of Press This at webmasterradio.fm. Excited about today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Justin Fairman of LearnDash on successful strategies for launching online courses with WordPress. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks uh, so much for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And we're glad to have you. You know, I know WordPress is a very popular framework for course sites and there's all kinds of use cases for it. People selling courses, using courses to support their business or using courses to train their internal staff. And, you know, it's such a popular niche in the WordPress space. I thought it would be helpful to have an episode on the show where we could have someone like yourself and kind of share some strategies of how people can be successful with that. So again, thank you for, for being on the show today. No, I can't wait. It is a very interesting topic and one that uh, I'm very passionate about. Well, that's good, especially since you're with LearnDash, uh, which is, of course, focused on that. Um, so, uh, you know, one thing I kind of start every guest out with is trying to understand, like, how did you get involved with this WordPress stuff? You know, everybody has that kind of origin moment. Um, what, what is your WordPress origin story? Yeah, I do kind of have one of those origin moments. Um, you know, prior to doing what I do now, I was an e-learning consultant and was standing up learning programs at Fortune 500 companies. And uh, the the nature of that work was to be on the road a lot and to work long days. And, um, you know, I got tired of being in a hotel room. So I was always kind of looking what else was out there. At the time, WordPress was just kind of a passion. I knew how to set up sites and blogs and stuff like that. And um, 
I remember I was on a client site and we were talking about a learning management system and uh, what, which one to choose, which one we wanted to use. And I remember the topic of open source LMSs came up and naturally WordPress is open source. So I thought to myself, I wonder if WordPress has anything like that. And so I went to the plugin repository and searched and there was nothing. So when, what, when was this, Justin, by the way, I'm curious. Yeah, this was in 2012. So uh, okay. in March 2012, I set, I set up a blog um, to discuss that very concept. And uh, I talked about learning management on WordPress, but I also talked about e-learning because uh, that's something that I'm passionate about. And I had a little email sign-up form on that site and people started signing up saying, hey, this is pretty cool. I'm interested in learning more. And so once we started getting a lot of a lot of people signing up i was talking to my wife i was like you know we should look to get this actually created and so after about 10 months that was march 2012 about 10 months uh, we did our market research and some interviewing of the developers and development firms and so on and so forth uh you know fast forward in january 2013 we launched um we launched learn dash and uh, i think four months after that i left my consulting career to do it full-time I like that. So you responded to that, that interest that, um, you know, people were kind of asking you for it or expressing a need for it. You know, WP Engine, we have a similar kind of origin story where uh, Jason Cohen, the, the founder of WP Engine, had done a like Facebook, uh, LinkedIn survey. Uh, would you would you buy this kind of thing? And uh, the response was overwhelming and he decided to do it based on that. So it's interesting to hear you uh, also have a similar story. So you've positioned LearnDash already, of course, as a, a learning management platform or, or, or solution. Uh, but maybe you could tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, tell the audience a little bit more about what Learn Dash does. Uh, I'd be happy to. So if you have a WordPress site and you want to offer online courses, then that's where we come in. So with Learn Dash, you can create courses and have any amount of lessons or, or topics, which are kind of a subdivision of lessons. You can have quizzes, award certificates, issue badges, points, send out you know email communication reminders, connect to different CRMs. Pretty much uh, it can be as big or small as you'd like. Uh, by way of example, there are some bloggers that just have a, a WordPress site. Maybe they blog about uh, photography and they want to have a, a photography course so they just plug learn dash in create the course and uh, you know it can just be all videos for example and uh, our software handles the you know the registration and the tracking of that user through a course and if you want to have quizzes to, to great performance you can have that uh, but it can also be be bigger than that we have um, companies like infusionsoft um, that use learn dash for uh, new customer onboarding as well as employee onboarding. And so it's a little bit more involved. Their courses are a little bit more internal in some cases, but um, there's more moving parts to it. So, uh, you know, we can, you know, what we do is we make it possible to create and sell courses and then add features based on our add-ons or just based on any WordPress plugin that you wish to add to, uh, to your site, which is why WordPress is great as a learning platform. It's very flexible. So you're mentioning the flexibility of WordPress. You know, uh, one of my teams at WP Engine manages our WordPress properties. And every now and then some L&D person from within the org will come by and say, hey, we need to teach people stuff. 
and we want some ideas on how to do that on the web. And then we, we go through this discussion of, of build versus buy and, you know, there, there's all the kind of open source versus closed system arguments and is this something we want to maintain and things like that. So, so you, you touched on the flexibility, but like, why should people choose WordPress at all for, for online courses? Why not just go with some proprietary closed box CMS thing that kind of air quote just works? Like what's the advantages of choosing WordPress and a framework like LearnDash? Yeah, great question. Um, we actually, you know, those solutions that you mentioned, they, they do serve a, a great purpose and they do serve their customers well and certain niches and use cases uh, benefit from those. I came from a world of installing and implementing and working with closed source LMSs and especially in 2012 at the time, uh, what was out there was pretty terrible in terms of uh, ease of use and um, I don't know, just the user experience. WordPress, you know, as you know, with with themes, you can make it look um, pretty nice uh, pretty quickly. So um, a, a big popular open source LMS is Moodle. Uh, it's not the same with that. It's a little bit more um, labor intensive, I should say, to get things working uh, the way you want and to to have a user experience the way you want. So you know, WordPress, uh, if you know, if you have uh, unique feature sets that you need for your audience, then WordPress is the way to go because not only are there plugins, obviously, that you can leverage, but let's say there's nothing out there and you're using LearnDash and you need a very specific feature. Well, then you have this huge pool of developers to tap into that can build that for you. Now, we get a lot of people that will come from those hosted platforms that just work, as you say, because they outgrow it. Their audience starts getting bigger. Um, they want to implement something new um, to stay fresh, to stay current with the e-learning trends. And you're kind of subject to the roadmap of those uh, of those platforms. <laughs> I love that. We use that phrase sometimes talking about WordPress, where we talk about how you control the pace and direction of innovation in your business. You're not held hostage by your content management systems, engineering backlog, right? Whatever they happen to be working on is what you have next versus the ability to deploy whatever you want. Um, it's kind of interesting to hear you uh, kind of mention that. It also reminds me of my agency days when I would have clients trying to pick things like this. And I'd say, well, if you pick this platform, it's it's there. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get it working. And, and it, you know, kind of, again, just, just works. And they're like, that sounds great. Um, but I do want to do this one thing or these other things. And and those things typically would, would step outside of the box of, of what that proprietary CMS um, yeah. or LMS would, would be capable of. And it was always that wish list. It was always that special campaign, that special approach um, that wasn't baked into whatever proprietary system they were looking at that would kind of push them more towards, well, we, we need something a little more custom with, with a flexible framework like WordPress. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think there's always that one thing. And so that's why I think people, uh, you know, gravitate towards WordPress because they feel, uh, they feel like they have complete ownership, which is, which is true. So let me ask you this question. There's there's a lot of plugins out there, uh, maybe not a ton, but there's a good number of them that, that deal with learning management um, and courses. And I've actually uh, helped quite a few sites build, uh, build out from scratch and kind of optimized in the middle. And I've ex had experienced all kinds of um, kind of membership plugins and LMS plugins. Um, what do you see in terms of like the big the big opportunity? I guess well, what are these what are these plugins not doing, or what mistakes are they making um, that 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 you see when people are kind of switching over to LearnDash? 
Yeah, you know, everybody has their own direction and they're kind of uh, working towards uh, a solution with their customer's best interest. Uh, what people find refreshing about LearnDash is that we are developing uh, with a deep understanding of the e-learning industry. And that comes a lot from my background. Um, you know, I've I mentioned blogging about e-learning. I mean, that's something I still do today. Um, thousands of blog posts, um, not just on our blog, but I also write for uh, industry publications. And so it's, you know, the trends of the industry very much drive our software. And, uh, you know, we built it for these variety of use cases. It can scale. Um, we have people with tens of thousands of users using LearnDash, and we have some people with just a few hundred students. Um, so, you know, a lot of our development path um, and the things that we create with LearnDash have a unified goal for um, what we're trying to create from an online learning experience. And that's leveraging the latest trends, um, not putting in features and a bunch of features for feature bloat sake, which can be easy to do, but kind of sifting through what is, you know, a flash in the pan, uh, functionality uh, of today in e-learning and then what is something that's here to stay. And so examples being gamification, um, micro content, micro learning, a lot of our development centers around that. I love that. You know, I've talked to a lot of plugin developers and there are those that pay attention to their industry and there are those that react to feature requests. And the ones I have the most faith in are those that take a blended approach to that, right? Not just reacting to every little thing a customer asks for, but also trying to get ahead of their needs and identify what opportunities are there. Um, and I, I think a blend of those two things is, is the right approach. I'm glad to hear that you guys um, have that. So uh, Justin, sit tight and uh, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna take a quick break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Right before the break, I was interviewing Justin of LearnDash, and Justin was explaining uh, how LearnDash approaches their product development, trying to get ahead of the customer and identify what trends might be valuable for them um, and, and thinking about that in the way they develop their product. 
Um, so Justin, what opportunities, you mentioned some of the things you guys have incorporated like gamification and, and some other uh, features and products. What do you think the future holds for LearnDash? Like what's the biggest opportunity that you, you view as um, being able to incorporate into your platform or just, I guess, with e-learning or LMSs in general? Yeah, there's there's a few directions. Um, there's always a multiple, I guess, uh, sticks in the fire. But you know, in terms of the the core product, a lot of uh, a lot of what we're developing in and around is the micro content, micro learning. Um, I guess uh, I want to call it a trend, but it, it's something that's here to stay. To be honest, it's not like a flash in the pan thing because it's uh, if you think about. I like to give this example. If you think about, if you go to YouTube because you need to look up something, let's say it's something as simple as how to boil an egg. I don't know. And you come up you put that in the search and you see three videos and one is 20 minutes, one is 10 minutes and another is two. You're probably <laughs> going to start with the two minute. And it then, takes you longer to watch the video than boil the egg. I would guess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, maybe that example wasn't the best, but the, uh, the duration of that video, the two minute video is what you'll start with for sure. And then okay, uh, so you'll, you'll probably think, you know, yeah, I can probably get what I need to know from this. If not, I'll go to the five or 10 minute one. If not, I can go to the longer one. And that's just how we consume information in a, in a digital sense. And if you think about mobile learning, which is related uh, in some degree, uh, when we're on our phones, if we're at the airport and the plane's delayed um, and we're taking an online course and we can hammer out a few lessons just by pulling up our phone, but we don't want to be sitting there for 20 minutes watching a video or going through text and all that. So uh, it's about how you create the course a lot of our um, development now is around making it easier to whip up these short micro courses because uh, it helps uh, you know gives learners a chance to complete lessons build up some some momentum uh, as they go through their course and ultimately go through course content and, and complete it and, and that's uh, the name of the game when it comes to online courses is completion rates so I like the I like the micro content kind of driving that strategy makes a ton of sense, especially with more time on mobile. I'm guessing even more time on, on like voice and Alexa and things like that. So I've helped quite a few people launch online courses sites um, and they've all had different strategies and different approaches. So if 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 someone in our audience was thinking, I'm going to launch a course site. Um, you know, there's a, there's a big wide variety of things they should consider, but what do you think is the most important question they should ask themselves or ask of their idea um, as they think about launching a new course? Wow. Well, I think David, from the beginning, they need to assess if it's a course or if it's an ebook or a downloadable product or something like that, because uh, courses sound really cool uh, and they are, but they take time to create and in some cases, you might not need to build out a full course. You might just be fine with creating an ebook. I know it sounds old school of creating an ebook and download and, and whatnot, but that will help you validate the idea. So if you have a if you have a an idea for a course and maybe you want to splice it out to a, a small ebook first and you get a lot of traction there, then you already have an audience to market your course to. And this is really important if you're gonna sell courses. But uh, you know, you could take it one step further if you wanted to create a course or you knew you were gonna create a course, I would say create the first couple lessons and either give that away or sell it at a very low price or, or what have you. And then let that validate the idea before you go on and build out the entire course, which can be time consuming as you um, consider 
you know, first the content, but then not only that, but the technical side. So there's Learn Dash in the, in the case of our plugin. But if you want to sell the course, okay, you got to connect to WooCommerce. And do you want subscriptions? Okay, you're going to have to have the subscription component. So there's more, um, you know, there's more to it. And that all that stuff takes time. And when it comes to selling anything, it's all about, um, you know, being quick to market and not just spinning your wheels. That's a great tip. As a matter of fact, it kind of ties back in with the Learn Dash story, which was you kind of tested the waters with content before, you know, kind of taking the big leap to, to develop that product. And of course, creating a course and videos and material, that's also complex and difficult. Um, I remember a course that uh, I launched that did okay, but the content ended up being too technical for the audience. And we spent a lot of time making that course, the, that course material to learn that lesson. And then of course, remaking the course was, was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, testing the waters with with more easily edited content and then kind of building your list along the way. I, I think that's a very valuable tip that probably is going to save uh, some listener a lot of time and headaches. No, oh, I hope so. Um, so you mentioned, you know, kind of giving away content. Um, you know, I know people uh, will use content and material kind of as a lost leader in a sense and then kind of upsell them into paid content. So how should people think about that blend of free versus paid? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people smarter than myself that have validated that whole approach. Um, you know, having, you want to have, if you're going to have free content, and this is, I guess, a generic statement, not just for courses, but sure, it applies to courses too. Uh, you want it to be your best content. And a lot of times people are like, well, I, I want to save the best for the course behind the paywall. Uh, but you're trying to convince somebody to, to trust you and that your content is great. So why not lead with your best foot forward? And uh, and when they see what, what you're providing and what it's worth, they're going to want to know what's behind the curtain. And so um, that would be, you know, my recommendation, whether you're creating a course or not, is if you're giving free content away, make sure that content actually, make sure that content could be sold if you wanted to. Okay, so so I understand what you're saying. Um, basically, don't keep all your best stuff behind the paywall. Go ahead and give some of it away for free um, to entice people to kind of take that leap to the next step. Is that about right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, I think that sums it up nicely. I mean, when it comes to free and paid content, um, a lot of times people don't want to give away free content. Uh, that's understandable. And I can just share a quick story about uh, my experience with LearnDash and launching this this business, uh, we didn't give anything away uh, for free, not even the software. What we did, um, what we kind of did, we ran a competition uh, before we launched and I had this email list and I wrote them and said, hey, why don't you blog about or write an article about what you're excited about, about LearnDash and you know how you're going to use it and then submit that to us and we'll enter you into a raffle for a chance to win a free version. And this is before our official launch and we did do that. And I think we awarded three free versions. And then we had this list of people who we knew were interested. So all the people that didn't win, we came back and said, you know, as a thank you, we want to offer you LearnDash uh, at this deeply discounted price. And we told them what we were going to launch for. And this was going to be, you know, just available to them for, you know, the next three days if they want to take advantage of it. And nearly everybody snapped it up. So, you know, I think there's ways to do um, little promotions and stuff before your launch that can help build momentum. And what was nice about that is obviously uh, we we had revenue even before we launched. And so we were, you know, from day one, we had already recouped our costs. So uh, there are ways to, you know, you don't have to give away free content. It certainly works, um, but there are other ways and strategies too. 
Have you had experience? I've seen some people in the course industry actually giving away like physical products. Have you had any exposure to to that in terms of you know building a list and building an audience? Um, you know, I haven't. I know it works. I, I think uh, like you, I've seen that, but I, I'm nothing I've done personally. And um, when I think about some of the course creators using Learn Dash, I, I don't think they're doing that in particular. Okay, understood, understood. So I guess my next question is really around kind of the quality of content, right? Um, so a lot of people, when they think about creating a course, are like, well, I've got special knowledge and I want to deliver that knowledge to someone and, and try to monetize it in some way. And then there's the question of, well, how do I create that content? Um, so I guess my question to you is, how important is the quality of that content? Should people like obsess over it and spend months creating the perfect video? Is it better to, to kind of, be more agile and get something out quickly and iterate on it. Like how important is that video quality and that polishness of, of the, the video courses in particular? Um, well, the quality of the content and then the quality of the delivery are related, but sort of different. Um, I would say the content of the course needs to be the best you can possibly make it because at the end of the day, when all the bells and whistles are not there, uh, people are going to judge you based on if your course is effective and by effective, I mean, meets the objective. So if you're promising something that your course is going to do, it better do it. Um, or people are going to say if it doesn't. So, uh, if you have, you know, an amateur looking video, but I mean, this course is, is a winner and, and, and everybody is um, experiencing success and you're delivering on your pro and your promises, you're going to sell a lot of that. Um, if it looks great, but it doesn't do what it says it's going to do, um, you're not going to be around very long. So I think, you know, in terms of sitting down, mapping out what you're going to talk about and mapping out the course structure and flow, I mean, those are really important things. A lot of times people just jump to the tech stuff because it's really exciting and um, it's more fun to, to configure settings of software and stuff um, and to see everything come to life. But at the end of the day, it's all about the content. So I would say really obsess over the content, make sure it is the best that you can possibly make it and you know, run that content by people you trust and, and, and make sure it's validated. And then, yeah, get to the video, get to the content. If you're gonna create videos, um, there's ways you can create really nice looking videos with, without having to break the bank. Um, and uh, you can do that. But even still, if it looks a little bit more amateur in terms of the video quality, uh, if it's delivering on the promise, then you have no worries and you can, you can reiterate you know, later down the line. So the, I think that the, the gist of that is that people are buying the content and, and so make sure that that is super solid. Uh, video is important, but the, the quality of the content, the information is, is really the value that you're shooting for. Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, you know, even back when I was doing my consulting and we were setting up these courses on these learning programs, it was all about the content. You know, these companies were paying us for the content and the, the technology and the tech stack or what have you is, uh, is there to supplement it, not there to, to to be a distraction, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So then with a video course, you know, one of the natural ways to do that is to do some sort of, you know, screen capture video. What do you think the importance of, of live video, you know, seeing someone's face and seeing them interact, is, is that important and not important? What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, personally, I think to have a video um, where you can see somebody, I think that is, uh, I think that's nice. I don't think you need to be on screen the entire time. Uh, when it comes to instructional design, I think you can start with an intro where people see you and then you can switch over to the to the screen. Because um, sometimes it, it is distracting if your face is there and it's not really lending itself to what you're trying to show. Um, people are looking at you, looking at the screen. 
I've seen both ways and I know that some people really like the idea of being on screen the whole time. Um, you, you can do that, but I would say if you want to be on screen, just have an intro of yourself and then jump right into the content. The more importantly, and this is something people forget is to, if you're going to have a video, make sure you have a transcript um, because you know, for whatever reason, the video connections might not, not, might not be stellar where somebody is, or, you know, maybe they, are hard of hearing or, or what have you. You just want to make sure you have a, a transcript available. That's awesome. Uh, good, good tips there. So I have some more questions for you, Justin, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Justin of LearnDash, and right before the break, Justin was sharing his observations on video production quality and its importance to uh, online course material. Justin, I think your main tip was focus on the quality of the content, which I think is awesome, awesome advice. So earlier in the interview, you mentioned how, you know, you felt one of the differentiators for LearnDash was really your focus kind of looking ahead for the customer. What are the upcoming trends? How can we incorporate? How can we deliver things that drive value for them? So with your focus on e-learning and LMSs, um, what tips do you have? What advice do you have for people in thinking about their teaching material? Like, how should they think about creating that content other than just the quality of it? Like, how do you become a good teacher? Wow, that's a that's a tall order for me to deliver on. How to become a good teacher? <laughs> that could be a whole podcast, I think. But, yeah. uh, do your best. I, I think, um, well, you know, I'll try my best. I think the... Uh, 
important thing about anything you do, whether it's teaching or, or starting a software company or what, what have you, is um, not to work in a silo, meaning don't think that you have all the answers and tap into your network or people around you you trust, but also your customers, the people using your course or your product. It's important to have a feedback loop and to make sure people know that they are being heard. That being said, I think there's sometimes an overemphasis on you know, developing everything that the customer wants or uh, everything that all the feedback needs to be incorporated as we were discussing earlier. That's, you know, that it's good to take these ideas in, but at the end of the day, it's you that are the expert. And so you have to trust in your own abilities to uh, to create, in this case, a course. And, you know, if people are saying, hey, you should have a section on, you know, a section on this or a section on that, and maybe you should, uh, but if you are the expert, trust in yourself, don't lose the confidence that you, um, that you know uh, that you're delivering something of value based on your experience. You know, that reminds me again of my agency days and customers coming in and prescribing the action. And I remember as we, we would work with new people, we would always remind ourselves that they're trying to achieve something. And that's our goal is to help them achieve it. And their prescribed path to achieve that goal might not actually be the right way. They're coming to you because you are the expert. And so it's, it's important to understand what they're trying to accomplish and then to decide or recommend a, a path to accomplish the goal, but not to just react to what someone asks you for try to fully understand what they're trying to accomplish and then build a recommendation around fitting that goal. Is that similar to what you're kind of recommending here? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, I think your experience in agency work is a good, um, a good way to look at it. Um, you know, you, at the end of the day, uh, they came to you for a reason. So just remember that. Right. You're the expert. You're not just regurgitating your feature request emails uh, that you get. Okay, so we've talked a lot for the most part during this interview about external courses, right? I'm going to sell a course or provide information to the general public, but how should people think differently about the strategy of an internal course trying to, in a sense, kind of train your, your best to get better? How, how should it, what is the difference between the way you think about internal courses versus external? Yeah, they're, they're very similar in terms of the structure of the course, um, but obviously uh, there's an important, more importance, I think, on measurement and measuring if the course is impact uh, is having the impact that you want it to, uh, because it's impacting your business. Then, so if it's for employee onboarding, for example, you should have relevant um, measurement um, tactics in place. So either a pre-course quiz, post-course quiz, and then evaluation sometime after the course, or some kind of way to see if they're applying the content those kind of strategies become a lot more important than say in an external course where somebody's purchasing uh, you, you can still have those but internally a, a company wants to know if this whole training initiative is worth it so your observation there i think is that the kpi are fundamentally different right a course that you're offering to the public the kpi may be more around the success the economic success um, and the engagement of the user a visitor uh, or customer and then in an internal uh, course, your KPI may be their ability to service your customers or their ability to learn a certain discipline and, and, and show that knowledge, um, obviously with the lens of being able to use it later. Is that a good summary of that? Yeah, that's, that's a great summary. Awesome. 
Well, um, Justin, we're kind of running out of time here. I really appreciate you joining the show today. It's been really enlightening. I think you've touched on a lot of uh, key areas that are helpful for people as they think about these strategies and how to deploy these types of uh, environments. Um, thanks again so much for joining the show today. Well, thanks for having me, David. It was, it was great talking to you. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to learn more about what Justin is up to, you can check it out at learndash.com. Um, just another side note, uh, Google will actually be hosting a webinar on machine learning and AI in the WordPress context uh, with WP Engine, the company I work for. If you'd like to check that out, you can check it out at wpeng.in forward slash ML-WP, uh, maybe rewind this recording to get that full URL, um, but I think it's a pretty cool thing that Google's doing um, and pretty interesting stuff. Um, but thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Press This. Um, just a reminder, of course, you can always subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. Love to support the WordPress community and bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.